I'm Angie, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. We are the Faithless Sisters, four women who love Jesus and who have committed to spending time studying the Bible and growing in friendship with each other. We love being together, and we hope that you'll enjoy your time with us. In the previous episode, Nehemiah effectively dealt with Sambalat, Tobiah, and Geshem, remember the three stooges, <laughs> by not acting impulsively and by standing his ground. Now he meets up with the fourth stooge. I think it's Joe or Shem. I asked my husband. <laughs> he said it's Joe. And I said, okay, that's it. So he has a, So Shemaiah has a unique way of creating problems for Nehemiah. So I'm going to be reading Nehemiah chapter 6, verses 10 through 14 out of the NIV. One day I went to the house of Shemaiah, son of Deliah, the son of Mehetabel, who was shut in at his home. He said, Let us meet in the house of God, inside the temple, and let us close the temple doors, because men are coming to kill you. By night they are coming to kill you. But I said, Should a man like me run away? Or should someone like me go into the temple to save his life? I will not go. I realized that God had not sent him, but that he had prophesied against me because Tobiah and Sambalat had hired him. He had been hired to intimidate me so that I would commit a sin by doing this. <clears throat> Excuse me, And then they would give me a bad name to discredit me. Remember Tobiah and Sambalat, my God, because of what they have done. Remember also the prophet Noadiah and how she and the rest of the prophets have been trying to intimidate me. Can I, as we were reading through this, I've read this several times, but as we were reading through this, um, it just made me laugh because um, he says, let us meet in the house of God inside the temple and let us close the temple doors because men are coming to kill you. By night, they're coming to kill you. So it was like, (laughs) I have to give this extra detail so Mm -hmm. it's going to be even more convincing. Yes. (laughs) Like if your kids come to you and they're like, and this happened and this happened and this happened. And then this happened, (laughs) and then this happened. Like, they're trying to really convince you. Right. (laughs) So my previous job, I was kind of a lie detector. That was part of it. Mm -hmm. I had to know when people were lying, and we had to figure it out. And that was one of the ways. Like, they keep adding things on. Mm -hmm. There's all these cues. There's um, They're called micro expressions, Mm -hmm. where it's like you're, um, let's say you're really upset, and then you smile. Oh, oh, that's You're scary. really mad. And yeah. then but it, you only see it for a split second. Like, you almost can't even see it. Mm-hmm. And it kind of means, yeah, they're really angry, and they're really happy that they're getting back at you. Something like that oh is going goodness. on. Oh, right. um, depends on the situation. But the, you can kind of read these, right? Mm-hmm. And so my son would say, I don't have a chance. My, hus- my, uh, my husband is six foot seven. And so my son was like, my dad is six foot seven, and my mom is a, a walking lie detector. And he goes, I can't get by with anything in my life. I yes. can't. All right. And so here's the test to see if my son is actually listening. And we'll update it. I'll let you know if he does. So I just got lucky as a mom. I didn't always know everything. I just acted like I knew it. Mm-hmm. And that's part of what I did when I was in, in my job. It's like mm-hmm. I acted like, what? And sometimes when you press into someone, they break. Like mm-hmm. you're saying with the kids, they go break and they give you five more details. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so this will be the test. Faithless sisters, don't, if you know my son, don't tell any of either of my boys what's going on. And we're just going to see if they figure this out. Comes the word. Okay, so... What do we know about, how do I say it, Shemaiah? Nothing. We know nothing. Well, we know that he's a shut-in. 
Mm-hmm. Well, he's a Shedin, but he was able to go to the temple, so he must have been able to leave the house. Or had somebody that or had somebody that could get him, him there. Get him there because he's mm-hmm. the one who's trying to tempt Nehemiah to go to the temple. Mm-hmm. We also know that God did not send him. And Nehemiah recognizes that God these are not words of God. And how do you think Nehemiah knew that? Mm. He knew the word of God first off. And so Shemaiah is trying to get Nehemiah to go hide in the holiest place in the temple, the deep, deep in the temple, in the heart of the temple. And Nehemiah knows that nobody's allowed in that part of the temple except, except for the high priest. So let's kind of maybe talk through it, kind of give people an idea of what the temple is, what Shemaiah was actually asking to try to get a I'm so sorry, I don't have any body parts to coincide with this description <laughs> oh, of this. Oh, darn. No hand, but, no foot? No. <laughs> no! <laughs> no! But I... <laughs> oh, I see a all, big idea no, coming here. I, just, oh, yeah. I have states that could correspond. We were just doing state impressions. Oh. It's, no, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. We were, no. were not doing no. state impressions. Okay, you. everybody, hang with me. This is good. You take, it's kind of like to get a rough map of the, basically it's a, it's a rectangle, okay? But we're going to have more fun. You take the state of Kansas, and then inside of that you put South Dakota, right? And then the Holy of Holies is Rhode Island. <laughs> let's let's pass on that. You put that inside. <laughs> we apologize to no. any who live in right. Nebraska, Kansas, Kansas or Rhode, Rhode Island. Island. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that's kind of how you get it. It's a rectangle inside of a rectangle with a little itty bitty holy place. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow we need to fit Ohio in here, and I'm not sure how. <laughs> no. Too big. It's just too big. It won't work. It won't work. But it, it, it's it's, there's this layer, and that's kind of what yeah. I was really kind of going after. You've got a rectangle, but then inside of that rectangle is another rectangle, but in this special area is the Holy of Holies. So let's mm-hmm. kind of walk them in as they go into the courtyard. Right. So you'd walk into the courtyard, um, and then you would encounter the altar, Right? Yes. So then you would kind of walk around the altar, and then you would get to the steps of the actual temple. Right. On the altar, that's where the sheep are being slaughtered and all that kind of stuff. Right. Where the sacrifices were. Sacrifices, sacrifices, yeah. yeah. Which were done by the priests Priests. Mm -hmm. on behalf of those who were paying for the sacrifices. Right. And they were forgiving sins with the sacrifices, then the priest would um, mm-hmm. say that that sin is covered, so you're good for, you know, till 10 minutes till the next time, time. Yeah. when you sin again. Yeah. Because remember, this is before Jesus. This right. is far before Jesus, who was the ultimate sacrifice and was the sacrificial lamb for us so that we don't have to go through this whole entire process anymore. Mm-hmm. We can just turn to Jesus and... He did it, and now we don't have to go through all of this. Mm-hmm. Well, we have to remember that the temple represented the presence of God in the midst of the people. And so before they could go into the presence of God, they had to have their sins atoned for. And so mm-hmm. there was the shedding of blood because only the shed blood atones for sin. So Jesus is our ultimate sacrifice, and his shed blood has atoned sin for us so that now we can be in the presence of God all the time. But in this time, they couldn't be in the presence of God all the time. They had to go through this whole ritual of being cleansed by the blood from the sacrifice before they could enter into the temple to worship. 
Um, it's a little bit different thing than what we have now. Thank Thankfully. the Lord. Amen. Yeah. So if I, I haven't looked it up, <clears throat> but if I remember right, there's a certain area that even the Gentiles could go to, like this mm-hmm. outer, this outer very court. outer core. Right. And then there's a next section that women were allowed to go to mm-hmm. and no further. Right. After that, the men Correct. could go in there. Mm-hmm. The Jewish um, men. The Jewish men. Yes, yes. Right. Jewish yes. men. And then the Holy of Holies is next, correct? Well, we're walking up where um, Suzanne was talking about the portico. They come up to that. Yeah, so they go up the stairs, and then you get to kind of um, a patio-ish and a portico, which is just like a covered patio. Um, It's kind of a transition place. And then is the holy of... uh, Excuse me. Then there's the holy place, um, and the holy place contains golden tables for the bread of the presence, which would be the presence of the Lord, gold lampstands, and an altar of incense, um, because these were other sacrifices that you offered um, to invite the Lord in to that place. And then from there, you would go to the most holy place, and that's where the Ark of the Covenant was housed. And the only presence. the high priest of that year could go in. Could go in. And he would go in with his priestly garments on, which are very interesting. I did a little study on that a couple weeks ago. Um, But the main thing we want to talk about today, excuse me, is the little bells that go all the way around the priest's robe. Um, No one else is allowed in there, right? So um, the bells were there, and then they would tie a rope around some sort of probably a fancier rope around one of the priest's ankles. When he would go into the Holy of Holies, um, they would listen for the tinkling bells while he was in there doing his um, service that he does in there and making... Does he do a final um, once a year? He does the sacrifice for the Jewish nation, nation as a whole. Um, and if they would listen for his tinkling bells, if they did not hear his tinkling bells, they might call out to him, "Are you okay in there? Everything okay?" <laughs> and if they didn't hear anything, they could pull him out. And he was probably dead because it is so specific what goes on in the Holy of Holies and what the priest does that if he messes up, he's he's dead. No. <laughs> Rosemary's laughing. This is serious. What? I don't, I just pictured the priest in there and he's just really praying and really into it. And they can't, he doesn't answer and they just pull him out. Like, oh, this is like, what are you doing? I'm sorry. You're right, it is serious. Well, Let's get back. <laughs> Very serious. The, the life that we live now and the fact that we don't have to go through this ritual, it, it does in some ways seem comedic because it's so easy for us to just go. Jesus, you're right here. He's here God, thanks yeah. for the Holy Spirit. You yeah. know, it's it's in us. It's around us. It's among us. We can yeah. see it in other people. Like, we don't have to pray that the high priest with the bells doesn't keel over dead because he <laughs> right. did something in the wrong order. And there's yeah. that big curtain mm-hmm. to go through. Right. When big, Jesus, heavy curtain. Yeah, and when Jesus yeah. died, mm-hmm. the, the t- um, curtain was torn. Yeah, from top, from top to, to bottom. bottom. And that's mm-hmm. what gave us that access. Mm-hmm. Right. This is the temple they're talking about in that particular mm-hmm. scripture. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it is a very, it's very serious and it's it's solemn. Yes. And this was where people met God, literally. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but it's so far out of our scope now. Right. And, and one of, so what would happen if someone else went in there? How about, do you want to read? Yeah. Numbers, um, 18 verse seven, um, this is what God is saying to Aaron. Aaron was a, the first appointed priest. Um, and God says, uh, Numbers 18, verse 7, Only you and your sons may serve as priests in connection with everything at the altar and inside the curtain. I'm giving you the service of priesthood as a gift. Anyone else who comes near the sanctuary must be put to death. And then a little further down in verse 22, um, from now on, the Israelites must not go near the tent of meeting, or they will bear the consequences of their sin and will die. I mean, it's it's very serious. Very serious business. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it really is. And, and people might be thinking that God's being mean to them, but mm-hmm. he isn't. Mm-hmm. His presence is so holy that sin in the presence of God is destroyed, completely yeah. destroyed. So if we have sin within us, we which get destroyed. We yes, we do, which we do. Um, then we would be destroyed if we went into the into his presence. Mm-hmm. So he's not doing it to get back at us or to be mean. He's trying to protect us mm-hmm. and say, this is what happens. So um, let's take care of some of these things. Let's see if we had, the priest had to do cleansing rituals, all kinds of rituals. And God was just helping us approach him without yeah. dying. And all of this is just foreshadowing what it's going to take for man to be cleansed mm-hmm. from his sin and made right with God. It's, for, it's foreshadowing Jesus. Yeah. So Jesus came as the ultimate sacrifice, the final one. So there's no need for sacrifice anymore. He gave his life and shed his blood for us um, so that we would have free access into the presence of God. And now we can come boldly to the throne of grace to receive mercy because of what Jesus did for us. Mm-hmm. Amen, sister. Yeah. So Shemaiah, this is what Shemaiah is asking Nehemiah to do. Hey, let's go hide in the Holy of Holies. Yeah, nobody else can come in there. Right. <laughs> they won't get safe. you there for they sure. They won't find you, buddy. They'll be safe. <laughs> yeah. Which is really serious. And Nehemiah is able to see this because he knows God's word. He knows who God is. Mm-hmm. We were laughing earlier. It's like, and this would have been a case of Old Testament clue. <laughs> Shemaiah. In the Holy of Holies, with the cup. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And no bells. No. No bells. So that's what Shemaiah was asking him. And Nehemiah says no. Mm -hmm. No possible way. Yeah. That would be so against the word of God. Mm -hmm. I know that can't be from him. Mm -hmm. So he has that discernment. Mm -hmm. Um, God has really opened his eyes. And God gave him the heart to know the scripture so that he would know, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and surely they would have learned those things in their traditional type of, um, education as well. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. God equipped him for that. Certainly. Jewish children memorized Mm -hmm. the old Testament, the Torah first five books. That was part of their education. Right. And even though he grew up as a foreigner, um, he still be, was brought up as a Jew. Right. Yeah. So that had not been taken away from him, um, which is, again, the hand of God Absolutely. just preparing him for the work that he's getting ready to do. 
And look at how subtle this is for Shemaiah. When he's asking that, um, he knows that Nehemiah is a man of God. So he's going to go to the temple or he's going to go towards God. So it's like, let's just keep going, keep yeah, you going in yeah. there. And I love Nehemiah's response. Why should a man like me do that? To me, that showed him he knew his identity. Mm-hmm. Yes. He knew who he was in God, mm-hmm. and that protected him. And as as we bring scripture in, as we know God's word, um, we'll consistently have this quick flag that comes up, or we'll have this this knowing as the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit's in us that says, yeah, no, that's not the way this goes. Something's not right here. Yeah. Step back. Or, oh, no, this is not good. <laughs> like when I woke up at 1 o'clock in the morning the other day and the... The Lord said to me, uh, you need to change. You need a mercy moment, Angie. <laughs> and that's how you knew it. That's when I knew it. It was like, oh, my goodness. I used the, I said captivity, and it's not. It's idolatry. Yeah. Did you, were you able to go right back to sleep? I did go right back to sleep. Oh, God, yeah. so good. God yeah. is very good, because, you know, at my age, that's not always easy <laughs> to know. do. But, but you didn't stew on it. You didn't have to. It's like, God, I trust you. You've oh, got no. this. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. But it was just kind of a whoop, Okay. Yeah. yeah, awesome. You know, um, Nehemiah knows if he had run to hide, uh, if he had given into that fear, then he really would have undermined the courage and um, the uplifting that he was trying to instill in the people. If he, uh, even though he says a man like me, if a man like him were to run and hide, those people they would have they would have lost it. They would have been really. Nehemiah is running, and he's yeah. our leader, and he's been the guy up there giving us all this, you know, encouragement and mm-hmm. um, praying and the strength. Then, what am I doing here? Yeah, I'm not going to make it. Yeah, leaders are seen; they make a difference mm-hmm. in how they move and what they say. Yeah. Well, we've seen all along how the people have trusted him from the beginning, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and if he had. Terry, like you said, if he'd gone into hiding, it would have been all over. That would have changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would have been all over. I like, too, the, the fact that he says, um, I had it right here and then I lost it. He says that he knows that um, he had, prof- had, sorry, let me say that again. I reminded God to bring it closer. This is ridiculous. <laughs> okay, so he's um, not Nehemiah, but the guy whose name I cannot say, Shemaiah. Shem- Shemaiah. Sorry, I'm having the worst time. Um, he says, I realized that God had not sent him, Shemaiah, but that he had prophesied against me because Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him. So he also knew that he was friends or at least strong acquaintances with the enemies, mm. and so um, you know, it's kind of one of those cases of n- the friend of my enemy is also my. En- that's not <laughs> yeah. oh boy. That's okay, Susan. We Holy get cow! It. We just get it. stop. Anyway, somebody want to pray for us because apparently I'm done. Okay. <laughs> I do think it was pretty interesting that Nehemiah recognizes that he's been hired. Oh. Yes, thank to, you to lure him into doing this. And he's been hired by his enemies, Tobiah and Sembalat. Um So I'd like to know when we get to heaven, I'm going to find, I'll ask if God gave him a word to that effect or if somebody else brought that information to him. But somehow or another, he knew. Mm-hmm. 
how sneaky that they hired the shut-in. Yeah. Because if a shut-in is like, really, this is what I'm hearing, and I'll go with you. I mean, you're going to lend some extra credence to that because it's going to take, it's going to be a process for mm-hmm. the, the shut-in to get somewhere else. So I'm willing That's to make very that. Interesting thought. I'm, I'm willing to uproot. I'm willing to, to go through whatever it would take for me to get there to go with you so that we can be safe together. Mm-hmm. Sneaky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sneaky, sneaky. Yeah, and the, though Shemaya knew exactly what he was doing, he knew the plot. Right. His job was to get him there. Yep. Like, what was he going to do? Like, wait a minute. Nehemiah knows to not go in the Holy of Holies. Like, what was the plan? Even just going into the temple, just though, to was discredit created him, products. Yeah. To yeah. discredit him and to, him. yeah. <laughs> or Although <push> maybe, <laughs> maybe he's thinking God would, you know, if he killed the high priest who made a mistake, maybe he was thinking, well, maybe God would kill Nehemiah if he went in the Holy of Holies. Oh, oh I think yeah, that was definitely. the plan. Yeah. But then how do you, Nehemiah how knows do you not con- to do that. How do you convince him that everything he's been taught is wrong and is that wrong. it really is okay? Yeah. No. And maybe it's not a very well thought out plan. Or maybe it's like, look, psh, psh. <laughs> <laughs> who knows what goes on? Yeah. I, yeah. These are the things where it'd be awesome to have, um, like the behind the scenes notes. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, where you can just kind of go, really, what's what's the process here? You know, that last verse, verse fourteen, is pretty interesting too, um, where he says, "Remember also the prophetess." Mm-hmm. Noadiah and the rest of the prophets mm-hmm. who have been trying to intimidate me. Yeah. Well, how awful is that? The very people that mm-hmm. should have been encouraging the people and encouraging Nehemiah have been trying to intimidate him. I think that's terrible. Mm-hmm. So people of, that were supposedly of God, right. people in leadership positions, prophets were definitely looked up to and thought of as leaders. They're working against him. Are these the prophets that were hired, um, or that they were saying uh, yesterday when we talked about, or in the last podcast when they talked about um, how Tobiah was like, there are prophets that are saying that you're going to be the king. Mm-hmm. Um, are these the same people? Interesting mm. question. Probably some of them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we don't know for sure. But well, there have always been false prophets, mm-hmm. and there will always be false prophets. Um, so I think as, as the people of God, we have to know that um, things are not always what they seem, and we really need the Holy Spirit to help us determine what's of God and what's not. And we need the Word. We, that's where the safety, why it's so important to know your Word. There's safety in knowing what the Word of God says. Yeah. That was safety for Nehemiah. He knew that no matter what anybody told him, he did not need to go in, or he should not go into that Holy of Holies. And it's the same thing for us. We need to know what the Word of God says. It's a safe place for us, um, and it will protect us against those false prophets. Hmm. It's so interesting. Like, I'm remembering what uh, God said to the people. Like, there will be false prophets. Don't listen to him when he sent him into captivity. Mm-hmm. I'm also thinking, like, so what did Shemaiah think, like... The wall's built. Like, I'm pretty safe now. Mm-hmm. Why would he be trying to take down Nehemiah? Like, what's that incentive? Yeah, what is that? Nehemiah's given money and cared for the people. He built back up their security, their reputation. Um, because we heard that when the wall was down, they were in disgrace. Well, now they're not in disgrace anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well. I just think that um, 
Sam Ballot and his buds offered him a good price Money. for it. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, you're a shut in. And yeah, you know, Nehemiah is doing all this good for the people. Mm-hmm. What's your personal take on it? What are you getting out what of you it? Getting? You're still just sitting here. We will pad your pockets. Mm-hmm. Just do this one little thing. So they were depending, so then he probably depended on the world kingdom as opposed to God's kingdom. Oh, and if we start getting point. tricked by looking at the world kingdom mm-hmm. and what's in front of us, and oh, this could make this so much better instead of trusting God, we could end up in the temple mm-hmm. and not mm-hmm. in a good place, not in a good way. And sinning against God, and that just would have created so much separation from God. So I, I think part of it is knowing which kingdom you're in. Mm-hmm. Good point. Yeah. We're so glad you're so spiritual, Rose. Mm. <laughs> you know, when I get the visions of people being pulled out by the angles while they're praying, I go, God, why did that come in? Like other people get spiritual visions. I get the guy getting yanked out while he's praying. <laughs> well, we said before, you think a little bit out of the box. I and do. We're I glad do. about that. And, and you know, one thing too, though, I'm always thinking application, application. Yeah, right. What does this scripture say to me about me the way I'm living my life? God has yeah. something very clear for me to hear. So that's why I tend to say Don't it. wear robes yeah. with bells. Bells. No. <laughs> <laughs> if you're praying, you know, if holies pray out loud, so yeah. they don't mess you up. Like this, yeah. shaking. <laughs> don't be still for too long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the fact that um, Nehemiah goes back to God and says, remember Remember, remember, because he says, remember me with favor. And now he says, remember these guys. Mm -hmm. And it's not the same kind of remember. No. It's not like, remember how awful they are? Mm -hmm. Just remember God. They're they're pretty awful. He's calling for a God of justice. He absolutely is. Mm -hmm. And that's his right to call for a God of justice. Because again, they're trying to bring down, they're trying to bring down the people of God. And the nation of God mm-hmm. um, through Nehemiah. Mm-hmm. So thankful that we don't have to worry about all the process and sacrifice. Because and, we can't live up. Mm-hmm. Nobody can live up Nobody to that. Well, they couldn't. That's why they had to keep bringing the sacrifices right. yeah. time after time after mm-hmm. time. I grew up in a um, denomination that had confession. And I was like, wait, if I confess and then I walk out of here and I sin, I'm going to go to hell. And I was so scared. Mm-hmm. So I'd spend time jumping off the porch and then, God, forgive me for all my sins. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I was like, if you ever fall off a cliff, I was like seven or eight years old. <laughs> God, forgive me for all my sins. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It was about a couple of days of that. <laughs> How stressful would their lives be? Mm. Yeah. Well, it kept them really sin-focused and sin-conscious, I think. Um, I don't think that God really wants us to be sin-conscious. I think he wants us to be right-conscious, right-with-him-conscious, conscious of him and how much he loves us and what he, the relationship that he wants to have for us. Um, but I think it would have been pretty easy to get bogged down in all that blood and guts that was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think but there would have been a lot of guilt. To keep in mind the purpose 
behind it is pointing forward pointing to, Jesus, to Jesus. Always yeah. pointing to Jesus. You can't do it. You can't yeah. do it. You can't keep the law, no matter how hard you try, yeah. no matter what you do, no matter yeah. how many times you confess, it's coming up again. Yeah, no matter how you many bulls you kill. You do it, and, yeah. and it's not going to work. Only Jesus. Yeah. Give that final covering. I think it's, <clears throat> excuse me, I think it is, beyond amazing that from the very very beginning of the bible mm-hmm. it all leads to jesus mm-hmm. yeah it just does it just leads to jesus mm-hmm. all the way yep. and the bible was written many people don't know this but the bible was written by lots of different people mm-hmm. and the bible is not laid out chronologically that's right it's not mm-hmm. there are lots of things that happen before or after the part that you're reading, and mm-hmm. not necessarily in the right order. Sometimes simultaneously, some mm-hmm. some books are sort of written to coincide with one another, same time frame. Right. Yeah. But men wrote the Bible. Men wrote individual books mm-hmm. um, and then put them all together. The Bible is not one writing. The Bible is many, 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 many writings, and they are inspired. They're holy and inspired by God, mm-hmm. um, but they were written by men. This is not Moses didn't come down from the mountain with the Bible. No, that's right. Um, <clears throat> nobody was handed this book or this, you know, mm-hmm. scroll or whatever it was. These are uh, separate writings by separate men um, throughout thousands of years, mm-hmm. um, but it all. All of it leads to Jesus. Leads to Jesus. Yep. Mm. From the very first time when Adam and Eve sinned, um, and God killed the animal and gave them the skins to cover themselves, to cover their sin, mm-hmm. even right there in Genesis, we're pointed to a sacrifice has to be made, atonement has to be made for sin to make you right with me. And so, yeah, from there on until Jesus hangs on that cross and sheds his blood and then is resurrected, we are walking through the story of God's redemption. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty incredible when you think about it. It so really is. When you think about the Old Testament and you think, why do we need the Old Testament? It's a bunch of lists and it's a bunch of rules and it's a bunch of names that nobody can hope to pronounce except for Terry because she's awesome and she puts <laughs> in so much effort. Um, but yeah. like, why do we need this? What does this have to do with us? It all just shows us over and over again that we need Jesus, and mm-hmm. it just leads us up there. And I should not, I, I should not have said that the whole Bible leads to Jesus because the Old Testament leads up to Jesus, and then Jesus comes, and then Jesus dies, and then, then it it shows us how we need to be living and um, but it's how still all about it. Affirms it. Jesus. It's all it about affirms Jesus. him, yeah. but it does, yeah. it's beyond that. It's not leading up to yeah. we we hit Jesus, and then we we kind of veer from there. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that was. A, total rabbit trail. No, that's great. It's a great rabbit trail. So this was a quick, quick day um, for homework wise. We Mm -hmm. just didn't have a lot, but uh, especially since we camped out on fear yesterday Mm -hmm. um, because here, you know, Nehemiah is fearful, um, but he says he can't live in that fear and he's not going to flee. But we talked about fear a lot yesterday. So I think we're pretty well, pretty good. Yeah, I think so. Um, Does somebody want to pray for us? I will. Okay. Father, we thank you again for this time together. Um, Lord, we're very grateful that um, Jesus came and gave himself for us once and for all. 
um, to make us right with you, to put us in right relationship with you, to make us your children, joint heirs with your son. Father, we thank you that um, the curtain that separated you and man, that curtain has been torn in two, and now we have access to you, and you are in us. We thank you, Father, for that great miracle that Jesus' blood has cleansed us, not just covered over our sin, but actually washed it away. Um, We're so grateful for that and that the Holy Spirit has come to live inside of us to lead us and guide us and teach us and comfort us. And so, Father, thank you for this time today. I pray your blessing on each and every one who um, has spent the time with us. Father, watch over your word um, as we walk it out and let it bring us, Father, to know you in a more intimate way, in a deeper way. Help us, Lord, to always keep our eyes fixed on you and on the great things that you have done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.